0: One, two...
1: And welcome to UCC 98.3 FM. For those of you who've listened to the show for a long time, the show being Vinyl and Vibe with myself, AJ Whelan, you've been you probably know how much that single means to me. It's a brand new song up by the Beatles. Last week, I spent the entire uh, show introducing you to what the Beatles have been doing since the 70s. George and John sadly passed away, but Ringo and Paul are still going. What happened with that single was John recorded it in his home in New York in the seventies, and I think this was recorded around nineteen seventy-eight. It was a home demo he did, with just, just him and guitar, with one input being the microphone into a uh, it was a Sony like handheld recording device. That was quite expensive at the time, but it was top of the range stuff. But the way it was recorded, it wasn't, it was very hard to recover the files and very hard to, the files, that's the modern day talk. It's very hard to recover the tape and the, so they had to bring in modern technology to do it. They tried re- redoing it in the 90s. Uh, they did Real Love and they did a Bird, which then went out on Anthology 1 and Anthology 2 for the Beatles as a new Beatles song. But there was no song for Anthology 3 because they couldn't, they couldn't put this song together. They couldn't the way it was recorded, they wanted to up John's vocals more, but they couldn't do that without upping the piano as well, and it just came across. George got extremely frustrated with it, so after he put some guitar down, they they went away, and they abandoned the song, and there was no song, song then for Beatles Anthology 3. But now, with the modern day technology, they were able to take away, using AI, they took john lennon's vocals away from the piano and they were able to have crisp clear john lennon vocals from the song and thus they were able to completely remaster like he was there in the studio and it was absolutely beautiful i love this song when it came out at two o'clock last thursday i was absolutely i was sitting in the, the 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 lab in ucc in the civil building and i was just i put on put on my hoodie i covered my just covered my eyes with the hoodie i put the earphones in and i just let the song take me away and i absolutely fell in love with it i know that they had to uh they had to they obviously did, they knew this was going to be a big song so they couldn't the song was originally intended to be a much slower song but they had to go big cuz they were going home uh and i think it did so well but it reminds me of Another song that was out on a 1985 album, uh, Milk and Honey, which was songs taken from John Lennon, when it, in a similar recording sense, and just done, uh, they were easier to produce because they were better sounding. This, uh, now and then, was just one that it wasn't good sounding at all, so they didn't have technology until 2022 to adjust the song and fix it which is really really cool that they could do that now and they gave us the last ever uh, beatles song obviously there'll be more albums coming out of remaster of previous works and they will now obviously have to redo the beatles one album which is a compilation of all the number one hits because now they have a brand new number one hit because la i think yesterday the day before the beatles went number one with their with their new single now and then and it's actually a really cool story so on the back cover of the now and then single, you you heard the vinyl there, I bought it, I have a blue single, seven inch vinyl, that was playing there, on the vinyl, on the back side, on the B side, is Love Me Do, and Love Me Do, is the song, that the Beatles, it was their first ever, number one, it was a song that made them, the Beatles, and started their journey, all the way back in 1962, so that was 61 years ago, and 62 yeah 61 years ago 1962 and on the back there is a weird clock thing that says now and then it was bought by george in the late 90s if i'm in a house sale or a garage sale uh and when olivia harrison george's widow put it up on the mantelpiece recently enough in their home i think it was like last year she dug it out from the garage and she said you know i'm gonna put it out on my home and she said as she put it up and she started to walk away from it. She received a call from Paul McCartney that was like, Hey, hey, Liv, we're going to go and we're going to try and give it now and then another go. Would you, do we have your permission to use George's old takes? And Olivia, Olivia Harrison just stood there in shock because she just pulled out this old clock that George bought, called it now and then. And as she put it up, Paul called her asking if they could go back and do now and then. Completely unrelated events happen at the same time so she took that as George's way of saying yes I'm okay with it go ahead and finish the song which is a really lovely story now how true it is I like to think it's true I can really I completely agree with it but obviously some people are going to take that with a grain of salt but I'm gonna play next this song called grow with me from the milk and honey album which is a similar recording style and it's the same sounding John Lennon voice because it was recorded in the same well way but there's been some stuff added to the mix Now the theme for this show is 45 RPM so singles and this doesn't stick with the theme but I think it's so beautiful and it's so similar to the first song I'm going to play it anyway. So this is a beautiful beautiful song called Grow Old With Me by John Lennon. Enjoy. last week i have been obsessed with that song that was grow old with me by john lennon which came out on the uh, 1985 album uh, milk and honey which is was released p- 5 years posthumously uh, by Yoko there are some new tracks on it by Yoko but they're all the John Lennon songs there's a a song called I'm Stepping Out there's I Don't Wanna Face It Nobody Told Me which is a song that John wrote for Ringo there's Borrowed Time there's Forgive Me and then at the end of it the last John Lennon song is this which just, just makes it more sad Nin- I'm sorry 1984 came out it just makes it a bit more sad because, you know, this song is clearly about Yoko. And, you know, in the song, Beautiful Boy, which came out in Double Fantasy, is a song about him wanting to grow old and see his son grow up. Which just makes the whole thing that bit more sad, but. We're going to move away now uh to we're going to change the subject because that was beautiful that was a history behind now and then i spent all of last week talking about the beatles i spent that first 10 minutes 13 minutes here talking about the beatles i'm moving on okay okay no more beatles for the rest of the day i promise and maybe not for another week or two just to de beatles are de Beatles. so the change pays completely we're going to go back we're going to stick to today's theme today's theme is 45 rpm so if you don't know vinyls as you know it which are 12 inch vinyls the big vinyls are, are played at 33 and a third rpm rotation per minute that's what they're doing but with the singles they're sold at seven inch so they're cheaper to produce and that's how you know singles are born you have an a side which you have the main song and on the b side which is a song that you use just to fill the other track because there's no point producing a, a little single a little record and only putting out one song when the back side is free that's just silly so they always release two songs together and they, it usually come down to a bit of a a debate what's going to be the a side what's going to be the b side like the uh Beatwood mac their song Silver Springs, which is a huge song today, absolutely massive, didn't make the album and was only used as a B-side for another one of the singles from the album. But today it's seen as one of their their greatest ever songs. So, like, sometimes peep bands get it wrong, sometimes bands get it right. But besides the point, today we're going to do just... I make sure that I have a home. Some singles I have a home. So you will have to bear with me from time to time because I will be having to chop and change. I'm going to try and stay away from Spotify, but there is a a single that I left at home that I will get to in a minute That uh, because I thought I played it before and when I came into campus today and was double-checking my AJ's Jukebox, which is a Spotify for, for for this show, I found that... I hadn't played it before, I just—I remember I brought it in but I did never play it, that's just the way it worked out. But starting on the the turntable, we are going to the Bee Gees, and I I can't wait for this. This song is a classic and this is the original. This is from, I'll double check the year, I think it's 1979? Uh, Yeah, no, 1977, this is If I Can Hugh, it is a banger, this is the Bee Gees, enjoy. fun song that was uh oh my god the name was like if i can't have you by the Bee Gees, written by the Bee Gees, but it's most famously performed by a woman called uh i can never pronounce her name i'm gonna get it up here in front of me yvonne Elman. yvonne Elman. so who's yvonne eleman so this song was written for the saturday night fever soundtrack in 1977 it went to number one in the u.s and it was number four in the uk but it was written by the Bee Gees because they wrote the vast majority of the songs on Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. You know, the one with uh, "Saying Alive and all of them and, you know, uh, Night Fever. That song, brilliant, brilliant album. But that song on the album was performed, and in the movie, was performed by Yvonne Elliman. Yvonne was actually from Honolulu and she became the first ever Asian slash Pacific Islander to have a number one hit, okay? She, her, she got her big start uh, when she was performing as a backup singer, in the 70s, for Eric Clapton, and she even performed backing vocals on "I Shot the Sheriff," not the the one we all know by uh, Bob Marley, but the one on Off the Cocaine album. At the Cocaine, Or is it no? What's that, John? What's that uh, Eric Clapton album called? Uh, it's so "I Shot the Sheriff" by Eric Clapton. Oh, it's from uh, 406 Boulevard. Uh, 406 Boulevard. Just double checking there. 461 Boulevard Ocean Boulevard yeah it's a brilliant album that that album also has a Please Be With Me, which is a song I absolutely adore. I've played a hit before here. It is just a beautiful little piece. Just Eric Clapton on his uh, guitar. I think some strings come on it, if I remember correctly. But uh, I should know because I listen to that song almost daily because I have it on one of my uh, sleep playlists. But that's beside the point. But uh, a fun fact, and that actually links this show to another show, is this song was produced by a guy called Freddie Perrin and was recorded in uh, a Los Angeles studio, his Los Angeles studio, Mom and Pop's company store. But... Freddie Perrin was actually a former Motown producer. I'm going to use this little uh, segue to promote another show on UCZ 98.3 FM called Soul Soup. They run by my my uh, two my friends. One called Flurry and Ashling. They are very good. They 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 very they it's it's very similar to this show. They prepare songs and stories in advance. And their most recent episode, which is now available on Spotify, is a song about the history of Motown, going from Barry Gordy from his beginning as a producer with. Uh, uh, Oh my God, what's his name? Higher and higher, he goes higher and higher. Your love keeping me higher and higher. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I literally listened to the thing this morning. Jackie Wilson, how can I forget Jackie Wilson? He's done some mega hits like "I get the sweetest uh, feeling to be loved." Your love keeps me higher and higher. Oh, he—I ha- have played from this song here before. I apologize for forgetting Jackie and Wilson. I feel bad for that now. But they go from his time. Jackie Wilson, then starting off his own little uh, record company and then all the way to Motown in Detroit and they're starting off and meeting people like Michael Jackson and Diana Ross and all that. So give that, give that show a listen. It's a very, very fun show and very well prepared with some very good pieces on it. So Now, we're going to move on from 1977. We're going to move forward two years. I'm going to move the microphone over with me because I have to change vinyl now from the Bee Gees. B-side. Fun fact, this Bee Gees, hang on. Gotta get I a gotta grip on the vinyl. That Bee Gees performance is the only pressing that they did of that song. Obviously, you can get it now on Spotify, but before that, you can only get it on the single side. And Maybe a few compilations, but like official pressings, uh, it was the only, only way you can get it, because, you know, obviously, it was a Yvonne Element song. So, there will probably a, this will probably be a shorter episode, because I will be editing down in the later all the uh, my time when I'm spent away from the microphone. But I'm going to put this on now, and hopefully it will turn Pressing start now, 45 RPM This is a single edition of Vinyl and Vibe on UTC 98.3 FM This next song is by Elton John in 1979 It's part 2 was a bit different that was are you ready for love part two so on this single I have to bring the microphone back all the way over here on this single there was part one and part two so traditionally speaking artists usually released a second song but uh not this time in 1979 for this particular version I apologise for that little bit of radio silence but the, the vinyl just did not want to come off. So Are You Ready For Love? There was part one and part two. Part one was five minutes and five seconds and part two was uh, three minutes and 26 seconds. So I bought this back in April uh, at a very weird time in my life uh, and I bought this and the Stayin' Alive one together for five or each and I thought they were, they were worth it. Does so that song I actually have never listened to this uh, either side of this record i just put it away and I, I, I kind of just disassociated from it because it was a really weird time in my life but now that i played it i should have played probably side one which was f- just five minutes and a bit seconds but you can't get either of these versions part one or part two on spotify which makes me think that these are limited edition because they're from a, a real company i haven't seen before called the rocket record company so maybe it's a it's a weird one 1999. i'll have to lose a bit more looking into that but i'm going to move now to uh, a song that I haven't played it before I'm going get, to gonna get it out of the way now because I don't want to play it again in the future it's uh, everyone's heard it it's seen as like the anthem for white people so you might know what's coming next uh, I'm going to drop the needle down and put the turntable mix up hit play you're going to probably know the song straight away uh, it's come on Eileen and I'm not going to say anymore until the music comes in there we go oh hang on Oh, yeah, this is it. I, I thought I did the wrong thing for a second. I was gonna keep getting this at the intro. Anyway, this is come on, Eileen. eileen everyone in the world knows this song and it makes sense because it was a mega hit from the minute it came out so it came off the album to rye in 1982 from the band uh dexie's midnight runners i believe they're from australia but this was a uh, this this song went number one everywhere and my favorite fact about this song is this is the very single that knocked michael jackson's billy jean off the number one chart that is so funny like the things that this song has been around since 1982, but it was the only song at the time that could knock off Billy Jean from the top spot. That is just so funny. But the song's a bit—it's a bit weird because it's—it's based on a semi a, a true story. So uh, the guy who wrote it was a guy called Kevin Rowland, and he was the guitar, the lead singer for Dexy's uh, Midnight Runner. Dexy's Midnight. Dexy's Midnight Runners. And it's also written by Jim Peterson, who was the trombonist, and Al Archer, who was the guitarist for the band. But it was, it's very rare in the fact that it was a song and a hit in the 80s that didn't involve a synthesizer, but it did in fact have a banjo on it. So it's a completely, like, it's a curveball, like it has the sound of the 80s, like it has the 80s voice that I, that you, that is like, you know, one hit, one the bands kind of have sound the same when it comes to the, like vocal ranges, but this song is different in how it was composed. And uh uh, Kevin Rowland wanted to write a song that had like the bump, ba-bum, bump, bump, bump because he got the idea from a, a song, some some similar songs at the time, like "It's Not Unusual" by Tom Jones and uh, "Concrete and Clay," uh, and he he wanted to create that sound. So they, they they got the idea, they found the chords, and then they wrote the song, and then it went mega hit everywhere. And now to this day, it's played at like at clubs very regularly. It's it's kind of a bit of a. It's a bit of a bop when it comes on. Not gonna lie, but the song is apparently is, is true. It's about uh, Dexy's uh, Midnight, the lead singer. His name was Kevin. He met the girl when he was younger, and he they, you know they were thirteen and they fell in love. And, but he was raised Catholicly, but Catholic. He was raised Catholic, and then in the years, in a very short period after that, he he claims that that relationship went sexual. But he says a year after that, when they were like 14, 15. so. You know once again pinch of salt believe it if you want but uh that's why the that is why there are lyrics like uh, you in that dress my thought i confess i confess virgin dirty is because you know he's a altar boy he was an altar boy when he was younger so uh, he's raised catholic so he's kind of he knows what he's doing is wrong but he can't stop doing it because you know it's just who he is as a you know human male i don't know one of those things but I just think it's funny. My my favorite fact, like by far for the song, is that it knocks Billy Jean off the top spot. Michael Jackson, Billy Jean, in nineteen eighty two, at the peak of his powers, at the beginning of the peak of his powers, and come on, Eileen was the song to do it, and it went number one everywhere. And it, I, you can tell why. It's, it's just it's just a fun song to listen to. It's hard not to like. You know when, it's, when it when they slow it down, it goes. T- come on, it's just a fun song. It is. There's no denying it. Uh, next, I'm gonna play a song I'll play one song on Spotify I meant to bring this song in today uh, I have to single at home for it it's a Tina Turner song Tina Turner sadly passed away in 2022 or was it this year it was, it was in the last uh, I'm going to say 15 months Tina Turner passed away I will double check that in a second but this is one of her mega hits this is from 1984 this is What Love Got To Do With It
0: The touch of your hand makes my pulse react That it's only the thrill for me and girl, my possess a track, it's physical.
1: 1960 and Ike and Tina Turner uh, are married and they just released this mega hit Proud Mary that did very well for herself but as the years go by and, and, uh, and the time goes on there, it turns to an abusive relationship and in 1976 the pair split up. T- Tina Turner tries to go her own way but she can't find her sound and she doesn't like it and she's just not able to get back into the charts and then she, in 1979 she met this guy called roger davies davies because he was from australia and he was very new to the music business but he wanted to engineer the whole tina turner revival and bring her back to the forefront of music so in 1984 they released this song now tina turner hated recording the song she just didn't like it it's anti-love song she just wanted nothing to do with it but she trusted davies who uh he got the song it wasn't written by either of them it was written by a pair called Terry Britton and Graham Lyle. The two of them wrote it, Terry Britton actually re- produced the track and then uh, Tina Turner recorded it and released it and it went to number one in the US. Finally Tina Turner was her own name, she wasn't Ike and Tina Turner, she was just Tina Turner and now today we know her from massive songs like uh the, the Best, which is a huge hit, I will play that in the future, I uh, What's Love Got To Do With It. And she even did a, a, a cover in 1993 of the Proud Mary album that is now bigger than the original one. And uh, That was actually a, a cover album of a few songs. Excuse me. She was What uh, What's Love Got To Do With It is the name of the album. Came out nine years after the What's Love Got To Do With It single and album came out. Was that what is that what the album was called? No, the album was called Private Dancer. And there was a, a, in in 2014, there was a, a, a remaster version, that, and a 30th anniversary reissue, no, 2015. It must have been 31 years, because uh, of all 2015 remastered here on Spotify. But in 1984, the album came out, and 1984, the single came out, and it would just propelled Tina Turner finally to new heights that she saw before with her husband, Ike, but which pushed her further, and she was able to finally break, break free from the Ike and Tina Turner, Duo. She finally became her own artist and today she is revered as, I love her voice. I think she's one of the greatest uh, female voices of all time, very good singer, very distinct voice and she's just, she's loved, sadly she passed away uh, in 2022, Tina I'll just confirm the date because I think it was 2022, she died 2023, oh that was this year, May 24th 2023 she died in, in Switzerland but she was born in Tennessee in 1939. Uh, That's a lovely song. I'm going to move back to the turntable now to do a song from around the same time, uh, a bit later, and the song is called... uh the song's called When Doves Cry, and it's from a single off the album Purple Rain, actually in the same year, 1984, I thought, I, in my head I had a Purple Rain coming out in 1987, I don't know why, but same year, and this single came out in 1984 as well, so there was obviously two singles from the album, you had uh, you had uh, at least two, you had Purple Rain, and had When Doves Cry, and this is When Doves Cry. And oh, it's just—it's a fun song. Now there is a tiny scratch at the beginning, so for the first few seconds you might hear a bump on the needle. But that goes very quickly, so just—just just a little uh, word of warning. So this is "When Doves Cry" by Prince. That was When Doves Cry by Prince, which came out in 1984. So the 1984 album and soundtrack and movie Purple Rain came out. It was a bit of a hit. Now, it's a semi-autobiographical semi-autobi- movie, but to what extent it's autobiographical is remained a mystery because Prince, he didn't, he didn't like giving interviews. He was very mysterious, but that's the way he liked it. Like him and Michael Jackson were, were uh, big on being mysterious in the 80s and, and 90s because if if you were seen as a mystery, there'd be more intriguing into who you are as an artist and that person, and thus you'd be you'd be a bigger hit, and you'd be you know a bigger of an icon because like who is this guy? Why is he making music? Why is he like? Michael Jackson always said he was, sometimes he wore tape on his fingers, and then later in life he's like, I did that just to make people think. Why was I tape my fingers? Just to get people thinking about me, and you know, d- debating and discussion. So like just small stuff like that. Him and Prince and Jackson are very good at. But this song was on top of the charts, number one for five weeks in a row. And it kept Bruce Brinkstein, It kept the Boss from his hit "Dancing in the Dark" ever for going number one. It was at t- number two for a long time, and the Boss, Bruce Brinkstein, never got a number one hit in the end. I'm not sure that's changed, but I don't think it has. Uh, but he's coming to May, uh, to Parky next May. I can't wait for that. I'm tr- I, I might try and get tickets. I know tickets went out last week on Monday, but uh, I can't imagine they're gone yet fully. But we'll we'll see. But the ba- if you listen to that song again, you'll find out that there's actually no bass on the song. Last second, Prince took out the bass to give it a different feel. He didn't want to see it go, but he took it out and he, he, preferred, the, he preferred the sound. And that's what, that's what happened in the end. And it does, it does have a, a distinct sound. And it plays in the movie as well. And the drum track on it is actually from an LM-1 drum machine, uh, which was introduced in 1980. By a guy called Roger Lin, and it was the very first programmable pro, <laughs> programmable programmable drum machine that sampled real drums, which is pretty cool. Uh, we now I'm trying to going, to going to try and get in two more songs, three more songs actually, three more songs. Uh, moving the microphone back over to the the sound desk. This, so this album, this album, what am I on about? No, this show, uh, Violent Vi- this edition. This is show number 52 probably won't be out until this weekend. Uh, Ooh, there's a bit of the hair on there. How long has that hair been there? I have no idea. Because I've had a very busy week and I have a lot coming up and I have many deadlines to meet. So I won't have that much time until the weekend if I can. Maybe Friday evening I'll, I'll be editing this, this show. But it will go up before the next show is done. I, I will make that certain. This next one is a mega hit from Nina. With their song 99 Red Balloons. I. Here we go, enjoy. This is 99 Red Balloons by Nina. In
2: a little toy shop, buy a bag of balloons with the money we've got. Set them free at the break of dawn. To one by one, they were gone. Back at base, boxing the software, flash the message. Something's out there, floating in the summer sky tonight
1: Duh. Oh, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Is it done? Oh, that was that so embarrassing. <laughs> so that's 99 Red Balloons, which came out in 1984, but 1990, 1983, 99 balloons came out. And the story behind this song is not what you think. If you listen to the lyrics, it might be hard to understand, but the idea of the song is that a kid goes into a shop, buys a load of balloons, and then comes outside and lets all 99 blues in, balloons into the air, but it's during the Cold War, so the... Well, it's in it's in Germany during the West and East Germany, so the, the, the balloons go into the air and both sides think it's a, an, a nuclear attack because it, it comes up on the radio, on the radar and then they scramble the jets thinking it's a, a nuclear war about to happen. And it's such a complicated outcome, but such a simple beginning to how it is. And the idea came to when Carlos... Carlo Cargaz was at a Rolling Stones concert in West Berlin in around 1982-1983 and in the concert the Rolling Stones let out uh, a load of balloons and a few of them went over the Berlin Wall into East Germany and he giggled himself thinking oh my god if this comes up on their radar they're going to think this is some uh, airstrike that the West Germany are putting on East Germany but that in fact was just red balloons and then the idea came to them and they put it out and it, went, it was a mega hit of the 80s but it was Nina's only ever number one outside of Germany they had a few more number ones in Germany but that was it the English version ch- topped the chart for a few weeks in 1984 March 1984 I believe uh, but that was it for Nina after that so I one hit one the band. So this next one is gonna be a 12-inch final, but it is once again 45 RPM. So staying true to the song. This one's a bit different. I picked this up in a record shop. It's Blame It on the Boogie by Mick Jackson. Not Michael Jackson, Mick Jackson. And I learned that the hard way. So this is by a guy who I'll tell you the story afterwards, but Mick Jackson isn't Michael Jackson, and I bought it. It's only, it was only a fiver, but you know, I was a bit disappointed when I went home and I put it on I was like, oh, this isn't Michael Jackson But this is still a fun song This is Blame on the Boogie by Mick Jackson My
3: baby's always dancing it wouldn't be a bad thing But I don't get no loving That's no lie Spent the night in Frisco Every kind of disco. And from that night, I kissed I love goodbye. Don't blame it on the sunshine. Don't blame it on the moonlight. Don't blame it on the good time. Blame it on the boogie. Don't blame it on the sunshine. Don't blame it on the moonlight. Don't blame it on the good time. Blame it on the boogie. That nasty boogie bugs me, but somehow it is drug me. The spellbound rhythm gets me Off my feet It's changed my life completely I've seen the light, believe me My baby now can take her eyes off me Don't give it on me. Dumb.
1: short because I am running short on time here there's only just, just over a minute left and I want to get in this last song as I go. Uh, so that was Blame on the Buggy which came out in 1978 uh, by written by Mick Jackson, the guy you just heard he performed at a, a festival in Germany and one of the members of the entourage for the Jacksons uh, came out, you know Michael Jackson and Jackson 5 but by then Randy joined, the, it was no longer Jackson 5 it was 6 of them so they became the Jacksons and they heard that and then they secretly taped it, the Entourage member, went back to America to the Jacksons and recorded the song. And then it became a battle of the boogie. I played the other version before on on my show, uh, so now both versions are on. Some people prefer the Soul, soul version, some people prefer the Michael Jackson version. Uh, I think they're both good, it's both fun. Obviously, the Jackson's version is obviously a much, much bigger hit and you might hear it, hear, hear it in Brogue and then Mick Jackson has been forgotten the history but that battle, the battle of the boogie uh, was one of the very rare instances where the same song charted by two different artists. So, a bit of a weird one for you there. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. I've been AJ Whelan, this has been Vinyl and Vibes and on UCC 98.3 FM. We are only 40 seconds away from turning uh, 3 p.m., which means my time here is up, and I'm going to end you on this song, which came out in 1980, 85, same year as Live Aid, but was different. This is USA for the World is the name of the. We are the world. USA for the people is what the the whole thing is called, and you've heard it before, but it's one of those singles that was recorded in the 80s to benefit humanity. So I'll leave you on this. This is We Are the World. I'm Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie and co. Enjoy.
0: Pretending day by day that someone somewhere will we'll soon make a change. We all are all a part of God's great big family. And the truth, you know, love is all we need.